Welcome back to the Core Life Podcast. My name is Oscar Magana, and with me is always my co-host, Juan. Juan, how are you doing? Hey, Oscar. I'm doing pretty well. And for the season finale of season two, episode nine, uh, we will be talking about women of color, uh, specifically uh, feminists, um, you know, with white feminists, women of color, fem- like, like the difference between white and women of color feminists, or if whether it's the, the same or not, uh, future le- uh, leaders, uh, and just honorable mentions and stuff like that. We talk about um, just culture in general. And for this episode, we'll be having um, my girlfriend and the social media manager, Danielle. Danielle, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be back. This is your second time? Yeah. Even though you live with me, so. You live with me. Oh, shit. Uh, and like always, uh, by the time you listen to this episode, we probably already uh, announced the giveaway. Uh, so continue to share or follow like whatever the post says. Uh, I don't know when we'll announce the winner. Uh, Danielle will probably deal with that later. Uh, but the cool, the, the stickers are cool. Uh, we have five yellow and five red. And hopefully um, in season three, we can do more giveaways as our audience increases. Uh, but me and Juan have been very... Uh, Thankful for all the support, uh, all the listeners, all our guests throughout season one and two. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Uh, do you have any words, Juan? Um, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I just want to take take the time to uh, thank everyone who's been listening and sharing. Um, I know that it's for you know easy to forget something that you're accustomed to listening to every week, but to those of you who do listen every week, uh, thank you. And... Uh, this is being our season finale. We will take a a three week hiatus, um, just so we can enjoy our summer and um, do other stuff. And we'll come back around mid July with season three, um, and with uh, more topics, more guests, and stuff like that. So, without further ado, uh, let's roll on with this episode. Yay! So, Danielle, um, as a woman to cover yourself. How do you, let's just start off straight straight on the, how do you see yourself being portrayed in like the media right now? Like there's a lot of, there's still like a lot of police, brutal, police brutality, um, colorism, you know, I like you, you and me sat down yesterday and saw like the BT Awards and, and you know, you kind of told me like this is kind of like a big deal and I didn't know that really, um, just start us off i don't know tell us something um i don't know i yeah um i think that black people are being portrayed in the media more often now but that's because it's like popular to be black like it's popular to listen to rap music it's popular to be able to dance like a black person it's popular to have a similar hairstyle as a black person so there's more and more black people portrayed in the media and on television now and i feel like that's one of the reasons because companies and television companies and executives have been getting called out like okay well you have like one person one black person in the show and it's been like the show's been on for 10 years like 
what's going on. So it's popular to have like blackish and mixedish and collegeish and what what is it um empire and star and like it's popular because they know that black people have influence on popular culture so you're they're going to try to ride the wave but i don't know there's there's a lot of good things happening and there's a lot of bad things happening right now mm-hmm. i mean you, you you definitely uh hit the nail on the head right there when talking about cultural pro- appropriation yeah culture cultural appreciation mm-hmm. um and we definitely seen it a lot um you i've always seen it with you personally where sometimes we'll be in the city walking around the city or like in the bus and, and the trains or whatever and we see like uh, a white lady with like dreads and you always give her like a good stare and i kind of look at you and like you, you look at me back and like because <laughs> we both know the same thing um do you think most people know they're doing that like, do you think they're, like, appreciating it or, like, just taking advantage of, like, the hair, the culture, the music? They're not appreciating it because they have they don't know the culture behind it. They just think it's a hairstyle. When for, like, black people in Africa and, like, slavery, like, for especially during slavery, it was an easier way for you to maintain your hair because you're picking cotton for 16 hours a day. And, like, for some tribes in Africa, like, it was a part of their culture. Like, that's what women did. It wasn't just a hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a cultural thing. So, like, they think it's just a hairstyle. And, like, no, they're not appreciating it. And you can't appreciate it because mm-hmm. it's not a part of your culture. And, and you mentioned, like, the hair. Um, I know I, I, I've talked to uh, certain other people uh, who I work with. Uh, have you ever had a problem with, like, people, like, trying to touch your hair or, like, I know I ask too many questions, but that's just because, like, I want to know. But have you ever, like, not, like, maybe felt uncomfortable or, like, just, like, someone's, like, oh, my God, your hair is, like, is it real? Have you ever gotten that is it real question? Yeah. I get that question a lot. But I don't know. It's none of your business. I don't ask you if your hair is on your head is real. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people, no one's ever tried to touch my hair, but I think that's just my personality. Like, don't walk up to me and, like, put your greasy hand on my head. Like, <laughs> not about it, but. Um, as well as hair, what other things do you think that people appropriate instead of appreciate? Clothing, clothing styles, clothing uh, yeah, trends. I can see clothing, too. Hairstyles like, is, like, such a big thing for me right now because, mm-hmm. like, black women have been laying down their baby hairs since, like, the beginning of time. But now it's, like, a popular thing and the Kardashians started doing it. So everyone has to yeah. do it. And, like, headscarves, like, people think that's just, like, a, a hair a hair accessory. But, like, that that is a part of, like, African culture. Like, head headscarves, like, the fancier you could get with them, the way you could do them, like, it was, like you showing off like that wasn't just just because so hair hair is like a really big thing for me now because i see more and more people with like braids and dreads and do i think i think and see a lot of people you know well we'll get to this later but like they'll incorporate black slang not necessarily like saying the n-word but just like the way they say axe, like they'll say axe on purpose when they know they're saying axe instead of ask. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they incorporate black dialect into their language, which I know isn't, like, in your roots. Do you see that a lot, too? I think it depends on the person. But I also think that I, like, also, like, try to steer away from people that I feel like are appropriating my culture. Mm -hmm. And it's it's harder now because, like, literally everyone's... and, And it's not even, like people don't even realize that it's like happening anymore it's like the way you dress the way you like everyone all of a sudden saying saying drip and like this is my drip and look at my fit and like i know for a fact that that came from low-key like black chicagoans because like i've been hearing that for years so what about do you remember when kendrick lamar was getting like a lot of slack because his family because kendrick said something yeah, and then he's like, you're from Compton, you can't say that. That's a Chicago thing. What yeah. do you think about that? I do mean, you think that, like, like the African-American community subgroups itself into where, where they're from, like, city-wise? Yes, and, like, color-wise as well. Yeah. There's a lot of colorism in the black community. Yeah. Um, we, can talk, we can touch a little bit on colorism, um, especially in makeup, because I know you, you watch a lot of makeup videos, and um, sometimes you force me to watch them. And I, I pay attention, though, low-key. I'm, like I'm, I'm not going to lie. I pay attention to a lot of makeup videos. You like them. Um, oh, Jackie. Jackie, I know. Shout out to Jackie. Uh, hopefully she can come to the podcast one day. <laughs> um, but let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about how certain certain like products only do certain shades to like the lighter skinned women, um, but not pay attention to the darker skinned women. Well, that's because that's what's been put out in like society. Mm. Like in slavery black women who were lighter or fairer skinned were put in the house they were house slaves and they didn't get as dark as the women that they thought weren't as attractive or cute or or already dark in tone they put them outside so like that was already built in society so now we're like trying to be all inclusive and people are not getting a getting the with the program like no sometimes i like this is like probably the first time in my life and many other people's life that I could go in the store and that I have possibly like multiple shades that I could be in a makeup line, mm-hmm. but that's not every makeup line. Mm-hmm. And like Rihanna was kind of the first person like with Fenty to like, I think she came out with like 50 shades or something like that. Like first go round, not like three years later. Oh, we're releasing like 10 more shades, like first around. And like she started, I think, I could be wrong, but that could be someone else. I think the darkest shades are first, mm-hmm. and then the lighter shades are last. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, like, how does like, you know, we we definitely uh, me and Juan have touched on this topic a lot uh, throughout the uh, both seasons. But when you know certain makeup products or, or makeup gurus um, does something offensive like where does the cancel culture come from like is that like like an overall community thing or is that like the you know uh color the poc people coming in like hey chill out like wasn't like what's that what do you i mean like i guess like in case of like jeffree star when he was like calling women of color gorillas mm-hmm. the, every black woman ever was like mm maybe not like Mm. that and like i know he lost a lot of women of color followers because like you can't call 
one woman a gorilla and think that not the rest of them don't look like that and Hmm. i get that he was young and you know you say stupid things when you're like 20 years old like we Hmm. all do but i don't want to be called any i don't know no person of color wants to be called out out of their name yeah and like i take offense to it even if it has nothing to do with me i mean i i don't think anyone would be like to call or related to an animal in general yeah um as far as makeup gurus go, who are the ones that are doing it right when it comes to detailing what, um, I guess, what shades? I don't really know a lot about makeup, honestly. Well, like Oscar said, Jackie Ina, like, she worked with Too Faced to, like, expand their shade range. So, like, that was, like, a really big deal because I think they had, like, darker shades. But, like, what people don't realize is that you can't put out, like, four brown shades and think it's going to cover, like, all people like yeah. i can't wear the same shade as my mom and wear the same color when you say shade do you mean like the color of the foundation the color of the foundation okay yes i at least know that shout out but Cindy. there's like Come undertones in your skin <laughs> like everyone's skin tone it's like you can't pull out the same like foundation shade as like white people and think they're all gonna mm-hmm. fit it like some people have pink undertones and green undertones mm-hmm. and i like yellow ones yeah um, just to switch gears a little bit, uh, you do- you talked about how Jackie worked with Too Faced um, to help them improve their product, um, and we, as we actually touched it, uh, on the first episode, how you know Gucci and Burberry did a lot of, um, they what they claim was an accident, but like they they did like blackface and like you know the whole like hanging, um, what's that thing called the noose the noose. Um, but we have Louis Vuitton with Virgil, like a, a man from, from Chicago having his own design, his basically a, a creative director for the men's product, um, line. Do you think you, is that going to be able to become more of a trend where, uh, big brands such as like, you know, Too Faced or, or the Gucci's and, and the Prada's where they reach out to like actual communities and, and community leaders and be like, Hey, like teach us or help us. No. Or would it would it just be like a publicity stunt? For publicity, they got all that bad publicity, and so they were gonna do like trainings. Mm-hmm. But like, who's in the room that you're training? Is there a black person in that room, like helping you not be culturally insensitive? Like, no, mm-hmm. they don't cater to black people. Why would they change it now? They're already millionaires and billionaires. And I feel like if they they were to cater, they would target their goals uh, in order to achieve that like uh, appropriation from like the internet so they wouldn't have to hire somebody so they wouldn't have to pay like a minority figure yeah to stand in for them they would just look online and you know be like oh this is trending yeah because is there a black person in gucci or in louis vuitton now or no not louis vuitton but uh, in burberry now like no no i bet you there's not or they did, they brought in that one person. You can't bring in one black person and think that they're going to fix everything. That's like, not how it works. Because I remember I I, um, I listened to a, a different podcast that uh, this uh, prominent African-American uh, engineer was working for, he worked for Google, for Facebook, for all these big um, high-tech people. But every time he, 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 he was successful with what he did, but every time he went to a different company, he was always the only head engineer or manager level engineer that was of color um why 
in your experience um, as a professional, why is it hard for uh, just people in general of color uh, to get that manager position um, without like, you know, I, I think I've heard your mom say it, um, but even my mom will say it twice, like say it to me, but like we have to work twice as hard. Yeah. If we don't get the opportunities, why would we be in the room? Mm-hmm. Like you don't see engineering schools or whatever for little children being built in the inner cities even in chicago like if you go to like latin which is like on the north side of chicago in a really nice neighborhood and i'm pretty sure there's like 2.2 black people there that's latin like latin is not built in the inner city where other people could have those opportunities Mm -hmm. you have to go to those opportunities so yeah you have to work twice as hard and it's sad to say but it's always going to be that. But, I mean, t- tell us about your mom. I know your mom is very, um, she worked hard for for where she's at. Like, t- can you like, explain to me her, like, I guess her life career. I hope she, ho- hopefully she, she listens to this and, and you know, gives shout her a shout out. Shout out to out. Crystal. Um, but how, how did she start? How did Crystal I mean, my my mom grew up in the inner city. My yeah. mom grew up um, to parents that barely finished high school like my grandma's goal for my mom was to finish high school and not be pregnant so um my mom just it was it's hilarious because she actually transferred herself out of her like hometown high school to go somewhere to somewhere else because she knew without it she wasn't gonna succeed there so she grew up in the inner city and then she transferred herself to jones college prep which is where chance went and then um, she went to Robert Morris. And then she went to Northern. Shout out to the Huskies. <laughs> and now she's a teacher for CPS. And she's tenured. And she is very successful in her field of work. And she's very good at real estate. And <laughs> So, like, do you think, like, her, her up, upbringing definitely influenced you? to follow your path and in, in, in your dreams like for as like as in more like in she your grandma wanted a better life for your mom and then your mom obviously wants a better life for you do you feel like you're on that path of not only like doing that like you know su- succeeding because I, I think you're succeeding because I, obviously i see it but um do you feel like you're you're you can be uh a face for for the next generation of 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 uh, people of color or, women, or even women color, because I know you're in dance, so like you sh- you show me how like it's hard for just colored people in general to be in that field, but be good at it. You know, like mm-hmm. can you comment on that? I mean, my mom's a very hard worker, so I just think that she instilled in me like hard work, and like she wants to be the best, so like I want to be the best, and. It wasn't never like she never talked about just having a well, everyone. Everyone's parents wants a better like their child to have a better life. But I just think that I work hard because she works hard and I and I wanted to please her. And I mean, I still do. So I just think it's just the value of working hard was like instilled in me because even my grandma's a very hard worker. Mm. Not now, but yeah. Shout out to Rita Thomas. She's retired now, so um, she's chilling. But let's let's talk about a little bit about um, dance. Um, you are you graduated from NIU. Um, shout out again to the Huskies. <laughs> uh, but you danced it. You 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 went to a, a very high level um, 
performing arts high school performing high school yeah um was there a lot of colored people there um i think that was the most that they might have had in a while mm-hmm. but i it was me when i was there my freshman year was me and this other girl that was my age and then there was two older than me and then my friend came after so in total at one point there was five black girls in the dance department and that was the most in the school there was only one other girl in media arts Mm. so there were six black girls in the school and like two black guys but black people don't put their children in the arts so that's like which is women people of color don't put their children in the arts which is so weird because i feel like we go back to like cultural appropriation and how like everything that's art right now and everything that's in music you know fashion is coming from black culture yeah but you have to be exposed to it as like as a person to even know that that's an option for you to be like like trained like officially trained like my mother put me in dance because one of her very good friends was a dancer and was like you should put danny in classes Mm -hmm. and she was like okay both my parents played sports like i was gonna end up playing sports you know so like that's how i ended up and then my sister came along because she just wanted to be with me and then she ended up in theater but if you don't know about it how are you going to put your kid into it but Mm -hmm. again there's no arts in the inner city like you don't if you're not exposed to it if you don't even know what it is like how are you going to do it how about you Juan? how'd you get into how did i get into what art art well i mean in the last episode like i said i always wanted to learn how to draw but in elementary i never really was good and then with my career there was a lot of professionals and ex-professionals in books that i read that said if you're going to succeed in any creative field you're going to learn how to put your ideas out in the real world and that means sketching or drawing so i took a drawing class and i mean i always loved abstract art i do think it's a shame that there are no inner cities or inner city art centers because when i was growing up the only real art center i had was the classroom and those teachers were bad like i said like in middle school man fuck that teacher dude so and i mean it lately i've been thinking about like how kids who grew up whose parents were slaves then became on to go like be musicians like miles davis like his i think his grandmother or his mother was a slave and then spike lee's grandmother her mother was a slave but then he went to new york's NY. NYU. NYU. So it's concerning to me that there still isn't, but it's also very optimistic. But to also, see. music is like a part of slavery. Yeah, I mean, they grew up singing like when yeah. they were picking cotton. Yeah, and like they still had their like church services and mm-hmm. everything. You don't hear about slaves like doing ballet. No, not at all. But so talking about ballet, like tell tell me more about like the. Like, how you as a black woman being in, like, contemporary, like, dancing? Like, how's that? Because I, I actually saw one of your dances at NIU, and it was very 
Um, it was the majority of them. The majority of the cast was black. Oh, we're all black. Um, except for for Jose. Shout out to Jose and Ayana. Oh, and Lance. So there was like three non-black people there. But that was on purpose. Yeah, and so can you actually can you explain that whole dance? Um, and and we did it at the Kennedy Center. Shout out to the Kennedy Center in DC. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, no. Um, explain that dance and explain like the just black people and and people of color in in the dance community. So that piece was created by Paula Fraz, and that was like right after. I think it was Eric Gardner got killed, and she you know was who Eric like, Gardner is? From New York. Yeah, the guy that got choked. Yeah, did you just see what they said? Oh, that's a whole other topic. They said he was going to die anyway because he was fat. I said. What? <laughs> Lit, that's their argument for. I said, oh, not that you choked him to death just because he's large. You said he was going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. And that he was smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's another story for another time. Um, I think that was right after maybe he. No, it was after Laquan McDonald. The Chicago, the Chicago, um, yeah. And he knew people at at NIU, I think. It was like Laquan McDonald and that kid at NIU that got shot and that Uh had, yeah. So like that was, like there was a lot of going on at NIU and she was sitting there like upset about what was going on and she saw she was like sitting by like a train tracks and she saw a train car go past and it had enough on it and it was e-n-u-f and she was like you're right like this is enough and so she came to all of us talking about how she wanted to do a piece about just like racial injustices and things together and that at that point at niu i think that was the most black people they ever had in that department yeah there was like, like- Ten, yeah it was a big cast so from there all of us like creatively like collaborated and created this like amazing piece like use utilizing like three 12 foot long benches and we were dancing with them we were throwing them and we were heavy they were heavy and then they (laughs) redid them and they got heavier um um, and we were just recreating like protesting and at one point, like, we recreated, like, a hanging in the middle of the piece. I remember the first time we, like, actually did it on stage with, like, lights and everything. We all, like, cried the whole time. And this piece was, like, 12 minutes. And we cried, like, throughout the whole entire piece because we had put our heart and soul and our stories and, like, how we were feeling at that time into that piece. And we brought it to American College Dance Festival. And we got picked for the gala there. And then we got picked to represent the midwest region in dc at the kennedy center which is like so freaking huge because like literally every major company in the u.s and the world performed there and it was so huge that basically an all-black cast from niu because we're going up against like performing arts colleges basically um got to go to the kennedy center and like tell our story and yeah it's a journey, but um, that yeah. I mean, when you when you I, I don't I don't think there's video of it. I have video of it. Of you, so maybe you I'll show see you. It. I'll show you after a while. Uh, <laughs> it, it was an experience, um, especially uh, when I first watched it. I watched it uh, next to your mom, and throughout the whole entire show, I was falling asleep. 
Because they did a really long ballet before that. And it was really boring. <laughs> like, remember when you mentioned how you thought art was a bunch of, like, white people in portraits? Yeah. That's what I think about, like, ballet. I only thought ballet was, like... Wrong. W- we'll talk about that later. But wrong. Not anymore. Exactly. Um, but I used to think that ballet was, like, white Russian ladies, like, twirling everywhere. It's actually the Cubans. Shout out to the Cubans. And the Asians. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I heard Asians are, like, super, like... Um, I used like to, sought after yeah, because they're tiny like, and like I uh, used to like hate flexible. auditioning. <laughs> and I, if I saw an Asian girl, I'm like, God, I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> like, I would be like, ah, yeah. they already have the one minority. But like mm-hmm. in like ballet mind, that's their minority. Yeah, because Asians are minorities. But no, yeah, like I, like the whole time I thought like dancing as just like you know white people tap dancing or stuff like that. But then I saw that piece, and I remember Danielle one time. Um, showed me a YouTube video of an all-black company off New York. Alvin Ailey. Is that the name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like these, like they do also contemporary uh, pieces, and 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 it's it's so shocking to me that it for some reason when I see like the Nutcracker, it's just like the Nutcracker. But when I I see um, those pieces uh, from an all-black class, I feel. Like, there's, like, stories, and I feel like there's passion, and I feel like there's heart. And I, I mean, probably other people do the same thing, but, like, I, it touches me in a different way because um, me as a as a, as a first-generation, like, you know, uh, Mexican-American, it, I, I also have stories to tell. Um, right now I'm, I'm, I'm dark-shaded because I'm outside, but um, I'm usually, like, light. And I, I know you get this a lot, um, being a, a white um, Latino, but you, you're still technically a, co- a a people of color, you know. So, oh, I was just gonna say that you probably feel that way, like about the the black pieces, because maybe you already recognize that they have to work twice as harder, or that their originality and storytelling goes behind the Nutcracker. So, like, if you go see like a white person say like do the piece and act it, you know that there's millions of other companies or classes or dancers who have performed it. But it's like when it's a a company that's owned by minorities, um, it only has black dancers. Then you kind of feel the sense that like these guys put in more work because they had to, to get their names out there. Cause who wants to see like a black um, nutcracker and pay like the same prices as like uh, a regular amphitheater type vibe. So that's the way I kind of see it, especially if, like, you put a twist on the story where, like, you interpret it, interpret it for modern times um, to where it's relatable, but also, like, still classic. Um, but, yeah, as far as being a white Mexican, I mean, it does suck because I feel like I do have to work twice as hard, to, but for the wrong people. To, like, prove that you're, like, Mexican, Mexican yeah. but you also have to prove to, like, the white people that, that you're American. That I'm American, yeah. So it's like it's double-sided in like in a reverse way. It's weird. I felt that way in dance, though. But even even where like I grew up, like I didn't grow up in the inner city. I grew up in Oak Park, like land of like Democrats and mixed race families and adoptions and gay people. So <laughs> shout out to Oak Park. Shout out to Oak Park. Love that place. But I had to like if there was kids black kids that came to oak park from the inner city like they just moved there like i felt the need to like prove to them that i was still like a black woman and like proud of my blackness 
but like i want a good education too or i always got mm-hmm. oh you talk white like what does that even mean what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Like I, I, I talk like my mom paid for a really expensive school for me to go to. Like, mm. oh, you dance. Like black people don't dance. Like, what does that even mean? Mm. Talking what? Because black people love to dance. I just, yeah, I don't know what talk white means. Did you ever get that? No. Um, if anything, me and me and Juan um, and all our friends. Uh, we grew up in a in a certain situation and environment where like um in the east side of Aurora it was almost ninety like five percent Hispanic and I believe it was like the other five percent was like um black. I think it was like the point nine percent that couldn't make it to the west side or white. Um and I felt like and I, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but like we would call other Hispanics who either couldn't like speak English properly, or like they they listen to like banda music, which it's it's so weird because I listen to banda music now, or like 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 Mexican music. Like if they listen to only Mexican music, um, we will call them cheds. Like so we, us, and and I mean it. It took me growing up, and it took me like to move out of Aurora to realize that, like we were, people. I was on the opposite side. They like they had to prove themselves that they had to be part of us and all we did was push them down um but i mean that that's just growing up like you realize your wrongs and you realize that you don't want to say certain like i don't i don't say that uh that was like probably the first time i ever say in like years um in other words like the n-word i used to say it and i i mean i've, I've showed you obviously old posts on facebook and and twitter did you delete them i did delete them um but like Let's talk about the N-word, um, which is so weird because I always feel like there's the conversation. was like, which one's worse? Like, why can't I say the N-word? And I remember like someone. Why do you want to? I don't. I just don't understand why do people want to? Like, what give? why do you want to use a word that was used to put down other people of color against another person of color? Mm-hmm. Like, what gives you the right? Like, people were literally killed and like literally spat on and like that word was said to them so why do you want to use that word and there's always that argument was like oh i only used the i didn't use a hard r like i don't care yeah a A e r i don't care like why do you want to and like is it like is it bad if other you know black people let their non-black friends use it yes like because i know there's a lot of my friends who let other people use it and then like i kind of cringe a little bit i cringe too like i cringe hard i just don't understand why we're using a word that was used to put people down like you might as well just call him boy who had that incident i think it was westbrook who had the incident yeah the the white dude in what was it utah or something yeah the, he called him that? He, he he it was a bad because he literally said that he was like gonna like fuck up his like him and his wife because they called him boy but like as a black man a white man used that like back in the day to like diminish you and like make you feel like a small person so yeah i would get mad too if someone called me boy you might like you might as well call that person boy and spit on them and try to hang them mm-hmm. i don't under, i don't understand the obsession with and it's not even 
which makes me sad it's not black people like using it against black people it's like other people of color using it with other people of color that mm-hmm. like aren't necessarily black because there is like there's, I, there's a shit ton of hispanics that use the n-word freely yeah and it really bothers me because uh-huh. like why because there is like afro latins yes like we, we watched it in narcos where like like colombians are of black like and there's like you know cubans and darker puerto ricans and dominicans who like it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing because there's a those really black you know latinos who technically can use it if they want to why but, but i don't even i don't even use it like yeah, what's the point i don't know that's what i'm asking this is what this is why the episode was made I guess to figure out an answer about that because I feel like there's never an answer, but I don't understand the obsession with using a word that was used to like put people of color down. Yeah. I mean, I do really cringe a lot because, um, though, what are you doing? <laughs> Just fixing yourself up there. Um, no, when you know, I hear people saying it, and I know that. They think it's okay, but obviously it's not. Uh, in high school, I used to say it. And I will admit that that was completely stupid of me. And um, I think I did, before I deleted my Twitter, I deleted those tweets where I said it. Um, to which I do apologize um, for saying it. But mostly I think it's just stupid when people fight against why they can't use it. Yeah. It's just a simple answer. You just can't no yeah so i mean i mean i i don't but i also think like you guys were in high school like i don't think you like knew the weight of the word and like where it came from like how would you even know until you like maybe someone who is not of your color calls you some derogatory term and you're like oh yeah like maybe i shouldn't be using this word Mm. that i'm using with my friends because i think it's like people are like oh well i'm not saying i say it with a with a qa or whatever you know how people used to spell it like all yeah Yeah, like you know stuff like that i'm like you look like that hillbilly that also spells it like that like you're not you're not what makes you different right there was a uh i guess a few periods or no not a a period of a couple months Mm -hmm. where i tried convincing people not to but it just got ridiculous and i'm just like you know what i'm not gonna use it if you want to and someone calls you out one day that's gonna be on you like I don't want to deal with, you know, your repercussions. One time, um, you know, buddy at work one time was was using it, and and I and I told him, and I told him, <laughs> um, yo, chill out with that word, and then they hit me back with, oh, you're only saying that because you're dating a black woman now. No. And I'm like, no, it's just it's just look at yourself, like like look at yourself, look at who I am. Why would you say it to me first? Why would you say it? And what does my girlfriend have to do with anything? I was like, like, there's people that will go lengths to defend themselves using the word. Well, yeah, because like when I tell people like, oh, like that's what we're doing now. I did that at Travis Scott concert. Oh my god, <laughs> I we were surrounded by white people. I didn't know white people loved Travis yeah. Scott like that. Sha- no, it was Shaq West. Shaq West. Sha- Shaq West was performing. Yeah, and they're playing. Um, what was it called? What's that song? Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba, and everybody said it, and I was like, oh that's what we're doing now mind you no one else said it for the rest of the concert but like when i say like hey like maybe not that word they're like oh 
is it because you're black you feel like but like other black people say it i'm like yeah but i'm telling you like as around me as a person that's had that word used against me against my family like can you not and like i don't feel like i have to argue i should argue with you about using a word that was derogatory against like a whole generation multiple generations of people buddy said that buddy really said that I, I don't i don't associate myself with buddy I don't think Juan does either. No. He tried to get on the podcast once and I told him no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, switching lanes a little bit, let's talk about um, feminism. Um, and specifically, like, I, I see on TV a lot and uh, on social media, like, there's a difference between, like, feminists in general is just obviously women getting equal mm-hmm. opportunities, mm-hmm. right? But then there's there's always that difference between women of color yeah. Fighting for like not only it's a double like they're they're both a woman and of color. Rather a white woman's just fighting to be seen as the same as a white man. Like, yeah. Where, where like Well, I saw something the other day on Facebook that was like, Oh, like a hundred years ago the woman got the right to vote and I said it should say white woman got the right to vote. Because there's a difference between white feminism and black feminism. Because not all women who were married. Yes. Also, only white women who were married. Yes. There's also a difference. Like, there's also white feminists that only fight for themselves, and there's white feminists that fight for everybody. Yeah. Shout out to those. Those are the. Those are the. Because black feminists are fighting to be seen as the same as white feminists. Like, not just like we're. We're like, okay, yeah, we're also equal, but we're also like, can you pay me as much as you pay my white counterpart? Because I th- I don't know how much it is. Because, like, I think, like, men obviously make the most, and then white women, and then black women make the less, uh, the I think, least. I think the, the least one is... Um, it's Hispanic women. Hispanic women, and then yeah. it's black women. I think those are the two that are in the bottom. But even then, like... The, but like, even the difference between black women and Hispanic women is, like, astounding. It's crazy. It's, like, almost, like, 10 cents. Like yeah, but, 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 like, of your dollar. Yeah, per but dollar. Your, per but dollar, your dollar yeah. is already diminished. Like, the black woman's dollar is already diminished versus the white woman's dollar. So, like, in comparison to the black woman and Hispanic woman dollar, like, the Hispanic woman basically makes, like the 50 cents to like the 75 cents of the mm-hmm. dollar that the white woman makes. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it, it's, I, I feel like in a lot of movies are portraying this, um, especially Jordan Peele. He does it a lot where, um, there is, and get out, especially get out on, if you watch multiple YouTube videos of get out, like it's, it breaks down perfectly where it's like, just the it, it's, it's it's a long shot, but the way I look at it was that there's minorities, obviously like the the main character in Get Out, and then there's like the white people, and then there's like minorities who are privileged and stuff like that, and like I feel like in feminist white women they just want to get the equal amount of privilege, and like they use their privilege regardless of like like I don't know there's, there's such a there's so many levels to this where like. They still have their own privilege as a white person, but they want the max amount of privilege. Yeah. And we just want the privilege that they already have. Mm. I don't know. Beyonce is a good example of a black feminist, I would say. 
Um, my take on feminism in general, uh, recently, I've been feeling like I won't speak on work wages or the work environment or having to work in general because I don't get it, right? Like, I'm not a woman. I'm not a black woman. Like, you know, I'll never feel the same insecurities or suffrages that they do. So I just, like, I can't speak on that myself. What I can speak on, though, is how enraged I get when people speak on women in in the way that it affects me. So, for example, um, the Women's World Cup is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And Brazil played... I forgot who they played, honestly. But they, one of their um, players, mm-hmm. her name is Martha, she scored a goal and that goal became the most, uh, so she then became the most, um, the top goal scorer, mm-hmm. men or women. Oh, wow. For a, for a World Cup. I think it's, no, 17. Jesus. And so all the outlets, the media outlets, soccer outlets started comparing um, her to like the men. So it's like, she's at the top and like, all the rest of the names are men. Uh-huh. Like everyone in the comments is salty men just saying that like women are trash. No one cares about the Women's World Cup. Um, to to one extent, I do agree because the men's and women's games are different. But to another extent, you shouldn't be calling them garbage players, garbage, garbage human beings or just people who don't work. And like why even diminish like her accomplishment? Like. Yeah. She still scored 17 goals, and, like, in soccer, that's a freaking lot. Yeah, especially at a World Cup tournament. Like, I, to even get to the tournament itself. I was even mad when they were, like, talking about the U.S. and, like, how they... Who did they play that first round? And they, like, played absolutely, Thailand. absolutely massacred yeah. them. Yeah. And they were like, they they should have stopped. Yeah. That, that, that's wrong. And I said, but if it was a men's team, they would have yeah. been like, oh, they killed them, bro. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I said, why can't they like be great at what they freaking do yeah. and like let them be great? And like one of the women on the USA team was like, I felt like it would have been insulting to stop trying. Yeah, Alex Morgan said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been pissed too if I was on the other team and they just stopped trying. Like, yeah. at least play me. Like, at least give me some dignity. Right. Like, and um, I think before the tournament started, the US um, Association, mm-hmm. they granted them equal pay for the men's and women. So now they're on. Um, I don't know if they're like equal in terms of salary, but I know they're equal in terms of how much you get paid per game, um, paid flights, the kind of flights that you go to, bonuses, um, how much you get paid they for your training sessions. The men. Yeah. yeah. The women's uh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> that the, I thought about that. That the USA women's plays better than the men. They're more famous. Yeah, that and like countries, men's countries who suck at soccer, the women's counterparts are good. If not better. I was talking like to Austin China. about this the other day. Yeah. I was saying that I think because in the U.S., I feel like if you're a guy, you know that like if you want to compete, that you need to leave the country because you know that it's like not up to par. But I feel like women's soccer, like at all levels, I feel like even like collegiate levels are like very competitive and like yeah. they train differently than like men's i feel like well we we have a friend who who played college um soccer in the d3 league though but even then just being d3 like she she went and played college and compared to like the counterpart of a male where like they kind of look still looked down upon her 
because she like I don't know, she she plays soccer and she plays very well, but they think they're better because and even then they didn't make it to that next level. They still think they're better, and I think that's just a, a masculine thing in their head that switch off. And then, I mean, there's there's so many examples like right now, right before we started the podcast, I and it's it's probably uh, trending on Twitter right now. Um, it was like a a, sh- a glimpse and then uh, WNBA um, team traveling from one game to another. So in the NBA, each team has their private like jet, yeah. so they can go, you know, bounce. The WNBA teams don't get that. Um, they actually have to fly commercial, commercial. and they they deal with the layaways, they deal with the the delays, they deal with like. And I I don't know what team this was, but basically they had to go. They played in California, and they had to play all the way to Minnesota, and so they had to do two uh, layaways, and their plane got delayed. Their plane got there was problems with the plane, and they had to take a bus. They 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 weren't fed properly. They were like not sleeping well, and they still had to play the next day, um, which is people were commenting like the NBA owns seventy percent of that league. Why aren't they supplying at least private traveling or like making sure like the games are properly spaced out? Like that that's one example another example that i've noticed was serena williams how she like the tabloids like made her seem like she was like having a, a fissy fit oh, japanese american girl yeah but she wasn't getting the correct calls yeah like she wasn't getting correct calls and she called out like revs and she got fined but like like she don't got the money like what <laughs> like male just male in general uh tennis players will like dead ass like threaten like the like I think they're called umpires. Like the umpires, like oh you, you you fucking trash. Like that was like just straight cussing at them, like threatening their lives, and they don't get fined. Because she's a black woman. Yeah, I mean yeah. she's a black and she's like a she's muscular black woman. The best. She's she's the best athlete in the world. Are you? Yes. Insane. I'm not insane. I know. I recognize it. Okay, I just want you to know. But it's because she's a black woman. They they write it as aggressive because black women are portrayed in the media as aggressive. And I I know that there's like a track, a track um, star from Africa who is not being able to um, will not perform in the Olympics in 2020 because she has too much testosterone. Her body naturally produces more testosterone than estrogen. So either she would have to take like estrogen shots to even it out or they were going to make her compete with the men. And, And so like her physical appearance appearance made it so she can't qualify or if not she'll have to like basically slow down to compete um uh, which was very like they'll never do that with the ma- the men uh another uh, example that i she's also black i think she's from africa she black um she's still black and right now technically if you put it in perspective the fastest person in the world is a black woman from LSU um, compared to like, obviously time wise, Usain Bolt, which is another black male, um, has the fastest time. But if you put it in perspective, her beating the women's record was a, such a bigger margin than Usain Bolt beating his own records. So technically, the fastest person by margin wise is a black woman uh, from LSU, who she you know is amazing because I think her time, her hundred meter dash was like. I don't know. I saw her video of her running, running, and it literally looked like she was running by herself. It was like a little flash. Yeah. Where the heck is everybody? 
And it's crazy, like, all these athletes, main like, the biggest athletes in the world are, like, you know, LeBron James being one of the better athletes in the world. And, like, if he were to say something or, or do something wrong social media-wise, all the media outlets were, like, go off on him. But, like... It's like Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, like, Colin Kaepernick fought for... Or, like, just, like... He literally still is fighting and literally got blacklisted off of the NFL. Like, out of the NFL. And the NFL, like, admitted, like, wrong and paid him all the money that he lost by being blackballed from the from the league. And, like, so, like, it takes a lot. Like, we, we mentioned it before in the league. It takes a lot for people of color, especially black people. Um, they have to do more. And they have to perform more. And even when they do perform more... They'll call them out, calling them cheaters, or telling them it's not fair, or calling them sore uh, winners or losers. Um, so I don't know. I I think it's hard. It's just hard to be a person of color in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like always. I, don't know. I just feel like yeah. we all cater and try to get to these places where we're not appreciated. And, like, you heard, like, on the BT Words yesterday, Tyler Perry was, like, talking about how when people were saying, oh, Oscars are so white. Like, he was like, I was building my own, like, soundstage. So we don't, like, own your own stuff. Like, don't Mm -hmm. fall into the trap of feeling like you made it and other people are owning your stuff. And he was talking about literally, I guess, his soundstage and all of his producing crap in Atlanta was a Confederate army base. And he's like, now one Negro owns it. So like, I feel like that's, that's the good thing. I feel like that's happening now. Like people of color are learning that we don't need white people to succeed. All right. Do you, are you afraid of a lot of like other black people taking advantage of all right i'm gonna use soccer again because it literally yeah. happened like the other day but like there was a game against england and cameroon mm-hmm. and cameroon got like a disallowed goal and then they were just getting beaten by the english team and then they called out um like the england coach and they started spitting on the english players and it was just like unsportsmanlike but at the end of the game you know england were they were winners. They eventually said that um, they wished the Cameroonian players were more respectful. But then the Cameroonian players played the race card. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, like, completely hurts yeah, everybody. It does. I affra- I get. Are aff- you afraid of more people doing that? Yes, and it's, it's happening, like, more and more, Yeah, I feel like. Because I feel like even when I, like, am with Oscar and people say things that I don't like, or like mm-hmm. agree with as a black woman they're like oh it's because she's black even like buddy mm. at coach Work like buddy. why did he feel the need to be like oh you're only saying that because you have a black girlfriend like that was him play- pulling the race card and he's not even was he black no no <laughs> how you gonna pull the black race card and you're not even black you know mm. and black people do it all the time like especially if they don't you know you see those like videos on facebook or twitter where like they're they get mad and they're like they're only doing this because i'm black like maybe they're only doing this because like you're being belligerent in their store and want Mm -hmm. you to leave like not because you're black 
And like maybe the way that they're treating you isn't the best and like they shouldn't be treating you that way, but it might not be because you're black. Like it could be because you're belligerent and screaming at the top of your lungs in the middle of a store. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had... That's an unpopular opinion. We we always take a lot of unpopular (laughs) opinions. I think it's the right opinion. It's like the right opinion, but if you like, if, if you, you're just, if your character is just not morally talk good. But like other black people, and if I had said that around other black people, I'd probably be like, oh, she hates us. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had like times where, um, especially on Facebook, I have a lot of older alumni from my fraternity who are conservative minded, um, would argue, argued with me. Um, I forgot. I remember I shared a, a post about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and they're like, oh, they're just, um, you know, thuggish kids, like trying to prove a point or something. And then, and then, like they they commented on like the Black Panthers, how they were thugs and and you know, drug dealers and all that stuff. And and I remember I was no, like, like, no, they weren't. They they defended communities. They they provided food for the for the people that were needed. Um, and they were only dismantled because the FBI felt threatened um, by them. They got threatened by the fact that black people were feeling empowered and knew that they could succeed without them and police themselves. And, and, yes. and those communities um, showed rise in, in education. Kids were graduating kids felt like safe to go to school. Um, if there was times where like kids were getting bullied, like the, the black Panther or like even now the, the black Lives movement will go in and start like, you know, do that thing. And I felt like anytime there's like a movement or like a movement of groups, trying to support uh, a minority there's always going to be conservative minded people that would like fight against it and i w- it can be for racist um agenda like they have some sort of like racist agenda they might do it intentionally or unintentionally or they might just feel like their status quo is being challenged and i feel like for a lot of conservative people whether they're racist or not i feel like they're they will always be scared of their status quo of one day we might be a minority and and they're scared because they know how they treat minorities. Um, That's why Trump won. That's literally all he did was prey on the fears that white people were no longer going to be in the right. No white people were no longer going to be the majority. That's all he did. Cause he's not really doing anything. All he is is like rolling back a whole bunch of, crap but all he did was campaign about they're taking our jobs they're raping our kids like you don't even know any of this like what are you talking about yeah and and i mean and now there's people like i've seen videos a lot where like people in the grocery market like i one day i want this to happen to me like i'll talk to my mom like if my if i were to talk to my mom in spanish and a white lady told me talk english i'm like who the fuck are you to tell me like what like i've seen a lot of those videos where like white people go crazy about Oh, speak English like you live in America. Like, like no, like there's no official language for this country. But even, we know what kills me about that is like, you say that here, and then you go in other countries, and you're like, oh, they don't speak English. Like, and then complain about that. Like, and they're the same people who like gentrify and culture appropriate. Like, you know, for some reason Cinco de Mayo or like rap music there's the same people yeah they're the same people that go drink on Cinco de Mayo they're the same people that go drink on Cinco de Mayo and the same people that were like oh I love Migos I love that one song and have their little white grannies like doing the whoa 
and put them on, put them on TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are the same people. Mm-hmm. Hashtag NIU. Shout out to the Huskies. <laughs> um, to wrap it up, do you have any like leaders and like or or people we should look out for, and like people? Oh, you have something. Oh, like yeah, like people of color that like we should look out for that like are doing some certain right things. Mm. Or is it something that they like just pay attention and like you'll find them? I mean, I really I I love Jackie Ina, so I mm. feel like. Stay tuned for her because I feel like she has a lot of big things coming up. And just follow her Twitter because she's also just freaking hilarious on Twitter. But I would say that I would say, like, don't count out the Obamas as well. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, they're out there living their best lives, but they're also like not. They're still making sure that they still have an impact on the country. I would say um, Nessa who is Colin Kaepernick's um, girlfriend, wife, fiance. I'm not really sure. But she has, like, a lot of platforms, and she uses them to promote black people and lift them up. I just feel like just pay attention to, like, any black celebrity right now that knows what's going on and is, like, woke, I would say. Um, Pay attention to how they're moving and what they're doing because they're really out here trying to make sure that black people are lifted up. They're making sure that black artists own their own things. There's a lot of like black owned companies coming up. And like, I love right now that black people are making sure that they're promoting like black owned companies and black owned skin products and lawn services and stuff like that. So Mm. I would say just like keep your eyes open and like really, really like watch who you support. Because not everyone is as pro everything, people of color as they seem. Mm -hmm. I feel that. I mean, because it's popular to be pro people of color right now. Like right now, a lot of people um, by morning Nipsey Hussle, like that's another uh, figure in the black community. Uh, who supported the idea of owning um, property and owning, like, their own music um, and just financial, like, just being financially responsible. And a lot of people are paying attention to that now. Uh, Meek Mill is another person who's um, fighting for uh, reforming the criminal justice, criminal system. justice system. and Not and Kim Kardashian. I, I don't know what she's doing. But she's doing that, but, like, and I feel like in the wrong yeah, uh, me uh, locally. Uh, shout out to Juan Garcia. Uh, he does a lot for the Hispanic community. Uh, right now, he's doing like a watch, like a watch out for like ICE raids. Um, so if you have any like, if you see any anything suspicious with ICE, uh, you can always contact him. Or I know like in his yeah, um, but JB, the governor, just um, signed something that said it was illegal to have detention centers and something else. Mm-hmm. And like I know like Chicago and Aurora are not like letting. ICE um, officials use like their database up uh, to figure out like where undocumented people are. So, uh, you know, shout out to Aurora for being progressively in, in Chicago. Um, it's because they have a black mayor. She's the first one, right? No, she's not the first black mayor, but she's the first women mayor and she's the first gay, openly gay mayor. The way she dresses, though, is crazy. 
She needs a stylist. <laughs> uh, but Juan Garcia, uh, Juan, do you? Yeah, but Juan, do you have anybody that you think needs like more spotlight? Um, not many underground people that I know of. Um, but I would like to just say, uh, that I get inspired by a couple people. One of them, who I just discovered from a YouTube series that I watch. Uh, his name is Jacob Lawrence. He did paintings on um, the migrations from post-slavery to people who were moving up north, like Chicago, Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh. Here are some of the paintings for you guys to see. Um, I'm also really, I am like becoming an avid fan of Virgil Abloh. I wanted to go to his exhibit at, um, at yeah, but I didn't get to. The Louis pop-up? No, it was like just where he displayed like the prototype shoes that he was going to do for Nike. Okay. But I never got to go. Um, I think the Louis pop up is still here though. Is it? I think it's here to the to like mid July. I thought. Mm, I'm not sure. But it's like it's like Chicago themed. So if you could go, if you go, if you can yeah. go see, I would say I heard really good things about okay. it. Okay. And then um, yeah, so Jacob Lawrence, Virgil Abloh, um, those two guys just really inspire me because I don't know the way they do their artwork is very in line with mine. Like they do simple colors. Um, they do like ideas but they kind of make their own twist on them like with lawrence's he doesn't really show black people like the way um white artists do he shows them in like their natural state which is like walking the street or doing housework or something like that um and with ablo it's like he's putting a good name on black designers so they can go into Louis or gucci and work with them instead of being appropriated by them um so how about you yeah, I mean, like other than Juan Garcia, I I'm I follow like Sean King, who is a very, uh, you know, B O M, and he's a very he's a H B C U uh, alum, and, and he just fights for like the minority people. Um, that one representative from New York, A O C. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow her. Uh, she's a she she I follow her and her policies, even though like she doesn't support she doesn't represent my district um just seeing her being uh just fighting for the people and not only for her district but for like the entire united states that's amazing um bernie sanders and og uh, he's been fighting since he's a jew Jew. yeah he has to he's also a minority he has to fight for the rest he's been fighting since like basically basically because he's like really old he's been fighting with like like that video that, that can we like low key elect Bernie so we cannot have any college debt? Oh my! Did you hear about that? He just announced that today. He has a whole plan to cancel all of our co- student loan debt. Crazy! Shout out to Bernie oh. for trying to. I don't sure know. I haven't bro. read. I haven't, I haven't read the article, but I'm gonna read it. Um, <laughs> but Danielle, sure what? Uh, this is the towards the end of the segment, of the, the show where we you give you the mic and you can shout out anybody you want. Um, where can we find you? What are you doing next? Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to St. Louis to watch my babies dance. I'm going to St. Louis too. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't know. I guess just stay tuned. I have some big plans mm-hmm. in my mind that are coming to fruition. I would say in, in the next year or two. So. Okay, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna be there because obviously. Um. Yeah, can give us more. Obviously, by the, the time this uh, sh- show airs, the giveaway already been announced. Can, can you give us more insight about the giveaway? Okay, so I'm going to post about the giveaway 
Monday night, so today. And I'm gonna you need to like the post, you need to share the post, and you need to comment five names under the post. And then from there I will probably like put everyone's names in a hat and like pick a name and well 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 it's gonna be two people because like one person will get like one season and the next another person will get like the other season tickets or stickers. Yeah, tickets. tickets? <laughs> well stickers. Would it be ten people then? Because we have ten stickers. No. Oh. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, so ten, ten lucky people. winners. Ten lucky winners of the TQL Pod fan. fan. Yeah. So you have to like the post, you have to share the post, and you have to comment five names under. Yeah. And when you share it, make sure you at TQL yeah. Pod. If yeah. not, um, we will not get the notification. No. And I will probably. It'll probably close. I would say that Friday. So episode drops Wednesday. So on the 28th. Yes. The 28th will be the last day. And then it'll be announced that Monday. Which is? The 1st. The 1st, the July 1st. Um, Juan, uh, this is our last episode till season three, of which will start. In, uh, where can we find you? What are you doing next? Uh, I love that um, the statue like has with glasses but i love that collection um what and i, I as a is it my wallpaper no it's not it used to be um yeah no it, it was like the, it was like in my, my actual um, home screen but um tell us about your future collections or if you're going to do any future collections and what are you going to do next uh well since i closed down my red bubble shop i've been scouting other um online print uh shops mm-hmm. so i can like make a few posters I think I did it wrong the first time and I like released all my posters at once and I'm probably just going to do like one at a time and then share it and then market mm-hmm. it. And then I'm going to, um, I'm almost done filling up my sketchbook. I have about two or four, two to four pages left. And once I'm done with that, I'm going to just record like a, a video going through my sketchbook and, um, my drawing process. Cause some people at work asked me about it, and I'm like, "What if other people are interested too?" So let me make a video. So that's what's up next. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram at Juan.ai, and then at my secondary uh, page for photos at Juan.pxl. That's it, right? Yeah. Oscar has to remind me. <laughs> uh, I just want to thank everyone again for listening, and hopefully um, next time we talk to you guys, uh, it'll be um, with more mics. Uh, your boy needs another job first <laughs> uh, and for me obviously if you're listening to this episode you obviously follow me already uh, but follow the podcast at TQL Pod on all, all social media all social media Instagram Twitter Facebook and Redbubble go buy our stickers if go you buy did, our stickers if you didn't win the we giveaway. got mugs um, we got posters but if you do want to follow me uh, my Instagram is Oscar underscore MC25 I don't post much there as I used to. Unless it's me. Um, obviously that, which usually gets like more likes than when it's just me. <laughs> um, or follow follow me on Twitter, uh, OscarMC25. I, no. I I tweet stuff there sometimes. He tweets all the time. Um, I tweet and I retweet. All My the retweets time. Are, are hilarious. And they're good. Um, he sends me videos and we live together. I'll be in the bathroom, bro. I was just like, send video. <laughs> um, but no, again, thank you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Omar, Big Boss, 
Um, also, if you want some clips, use TQL pod code. Um, um, that won't the code won't use any. He probably tell you a joke or something. But uh, shout out to him. He's a big supporter of the podcast. Shout out to uh, Baby Daddy Jesus Costco. Uh, big supporter. He always giving me feedback. Uh, JP Marcos, uh, Too Skinny, who was uh, you know, do his own podcast. Uh, what about the BB gun? The BB gun. Yeah, that the VV gun one. Um, so if, while we're not while we're on break, go listen to his podcast. Uh, give him love. Um, I don't know there's so many podcasts coming up. I I hope for all the best, but don't stop listening to us, please. I have something to say. Happy early birthday, old man. Oh Oscar. yeah, we're, we're recording the day before my birthday, so by the time this episode releases, the day after my birthday, he'll be an old man now. Twenty three, my Jordan <laughs> year. Your Jordan year. Yeah. Uh, my goal yeah. <laughs> but yeah thank you guys uh season three will be coming uh mid-july uh with a new color obviously we'll be changing up the color um me you have to give that away what if they wanted to keep the yellow Who no knows? we're not keeping the yellow i'm just saying you just be giving away all our secrets well, people know people know that we're gonna change it yeah, but thank Do you they? bye <laughs>